stardate 4763.44. And I know that's not right, but we're going to use it anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, sometimes kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your captain for the evening, Mariah Gossett. And with me on view screen, Clyde Haynes will be back in just a moment. He's finishing up dad duty, but he's here. We're going to have a good time. Also joining us tonight is Suzanne. I'm very excited to welcome you as a guest host for the evening. Um, I'd love for you to tell everyone a little bit about Beyond Trek, a little bit about your art and like your kind of Trek history. How did you come to Trek? Sure. So uh, my Trek history started when I was a little baby and my parents put me in front of uh, TNG and um, I just I loved it. I loved it as a kid. And I think as I got older, you know, every time I mentioned it, I would kind of get not laughed at, but they would sort of do that whole like shun thing about like, oh, you like Star Trek, you're a nerd. And I didn't really fully embrace that until I was older. And I, and I actually started watching uh, Voyager alongside Picard because Picard was coming out at the time. And um, wait, really like, just oh, I guess, it. yeah, you're, I was like, I just remembered how young you were. And you was like, oh, you mean like actual Picard season one of Picard? Not, <laughs> not, yep. inter- not yeah. next generation. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm little baby. I'm one, two, two. Um, but no, I mean, I just, I fell back in love with it um, and really started to get back into track after that. And the response, I, I, I've met really cool people and I just, I love it. Um, and I am on Beyond Track podcast, and we do episode reviews every week. Um, they're scene by scene. Um, we're trying out a new format as well, and um, we typically post on Monday evenings, and it's really fun. It's uh, me and Dag and Renzo and Jay, and we just talk about Trek for two hours. It's amazing. Um, it's really, really fun, and I love it. Um, and I really, um, when I get into something, I immediately want to make art of it because I'm a BFA student and I'm, I love art. So, um, I haven't made a ton in a while, but, uh, I do make a lot of, uh, a lot of fan art, mostly portraits of uh, Trek characters and, and stuff like that. And I've, I've really found a really cool community. I love it. So. Yeah. If you have not seen their fan art, it's incredible. It's one of my favorite things when it pops up on the, on the <laughs> Twitter threads, they're so much fun. They're so beautiful. Um, so I'm so glad that you can, you can join us tonight. Yeah, Clyde, how are you Hi. doing? How's I'm going? I'm good. I'm here. Yay. It's been a minute. It's been I'm happy to be happy to be back. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you here with us. We have a jam packed episode for y'all tonight. We have two Brand spanking new episodes of Trek. What a bounty. What a what a feast for the Trek fed, fans. Really. We have been fed. Um, and we are going to be talking about the season two finale of Star Trek Picard and the ever-awaited premiere of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, we are going to dive into Picard first. So if you are trying to avoid spoilers for one or the other, no, we're going to talk a little bit of Picard first here at the top, and then we're going to dive into Strange New Worlds. Um, but Clyde, can you tell folks how they can interact with us throughout this episode if they're watching us live? Well, we would love it if you're watching us live, whether that is on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you are. Very, very simple. You can type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we will take a look at your comment. And we might even read it on the show. And when we get to that special time that's coming up here shortly, you know what it is. If you type in capital H, capital F, capital HF, we will read yours and along with the with the show. Awesome. That's how you can participate with us live. 
Thank you, Clyde. Yes. And there are a few other ways you can interact with us throughout the year, throughout all of this Star Trek that we have coming. You can visit us at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. So you can get access to our Slack where for just $2 per episode, you can come hang out with us in the Slack. We do a bunch of fun watch alongs. We are talking all kinds of spoilers in our spoiler channels. We're talking fan theories. Uh, there's discussions. You also get access to our bonus episodes. Uh, I just wrapped up a series talking about the graphic novels, the Star Trek Discovery graphic novels with some of our friends over at uh, Strange New Pods. That was super fun. Uh, so make sure you visit us there. And you can also visit StarTrekPod.co to find links to everything, our socials, where to listen to the show, where to find the Patreon, all of that good stuff. But first, let's travel to our respective timelines and make a little first contact with season two, episode 10 of Picard, entitled Farewell, a fitting title considering we said goodbye to quite a few characters today. <laughs> it was directed by Michael Weaver, written by Christopher Moffat um, and Akiva Goldsman. Uh, and let's make a world full of sevens and dive right into this episode with some hot freaks. That's right. If you are joining us for the first time ever, we are a Star Trek show, so we can't just have hot takes. We have to have some hot freaks. Uh, and if you have a hot freak that you want to share with us in the chat during this live stream, you can put HF in that, capital HF, into the chat, like Clyde said before, and we'll read those in just a minute. But uh, Clyde, it's been a while. Why don't you give us your hot freak for this episode? Well, um, man, for Picard... Yeah, you know, to start with, as I was, as I turned on the episode and they're doing the recap, it, it, it dawned on me, it's like, wow, are we really at the end? Usually there's some moment where you're at the penultimate episode and you get this feeling of like, wow, we're at a point where we're coming to the end. And I realized that I was thinking they're going to have to kind of go at warp speed to wrap this thing up. Like they didn't, they didn't leave a whole lot just to to go oh we're, we're almost done i was like wow so i was like well let's buckle up um and so i thought it it kind of moved at warp speed but there were some really nice touch points um you know it it was nice to see guinan it was nice to the sense of family um you know i i'm surprised that Jordy laforge or LeVar Burton wasn't in this episode. I mean, just about everybody else was. Um, so, uh, but I, I I enjoyed it and it felt, one, I'll say, there have been a lot of comments about Picard in season one. Season two, I thought, started off really, really strong. There were moments throughout the season where I was kind of like, where am I? Um, and we ended with a place where I was like, okay, I, I feel like, this this was a pseudo a suitable kind of finale. The interesting thing is, is it left me it left me thinking, are we done? Like, because it I was like, I'm pretty sure they're they're shooting right, um, but it it had a certain sense of kind finality. of finality. Yeah, like back in the day when when there were series that they weren't sure if they were going to get picked up for another season. So they'd end every season. Like, well, if this is the last one, like we're good, you know, that's what it felt like. Like it had a sense of finality with this open ended, like the gatekeeper. Um, but 
but I thought they were able to bring it back around for the first episode pretty well. So I know I didn't I didn't dive into any specifics, but overall, um, I was I was pleased I was pleased with where where we got to. What about you, Suzanne? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think that it, it it moved really fast, but to me, the pacing didn't seem off. It didn't feel, um, it did go quickly, but it didn't feel out of place. I was able to keep up, uh, which I often have trouble with with shows that go that fast. But um, no, I think I think it was really amazing overall. I think all of the little moments of like, oh, he's gone, he's back, he's, you know, they're this, um, made sense within it. Um, even if, you know, I, the, the traveler thing seemed kind of put in there, but I'm not mad at all. <laughs> like I'm not upset about it in the slightest. I actually uh, had the um, fortune to uh, interview Will Wheaton uh, a few weeks ago for Beyond Trek, and he mentioned that he keeps everything secret and it's so hard to keep everything to himself for like a year. And yeah, I totally get it because I don't know how I would have kept that a secret. Um, and really well, might I add, because I had no inkling at all uh, for any reason um it was it was great and uh the representation the lgbt representation in this show feels so real and honest and like they tried really hard to make it as like as good as it can be and it, it meant a lot so my only gripe <laughs> would be like why on earth does soon not have a backup something anything anywhere and I know it's for the dramatic pull out of the file. I know. For I know. A manila folder? <laughs> a manila folder. I mean, listen, they're right. That's the best way to keep something secret is just put it in a drawer in a, in a box. And I, But I love that it's like classified and it's labeled. <laughs> it's like labeled is what it is. Um, but it was great. I thought it was a great reveal, but it was just I, in my head. I was like, is that all the, is that it? <laughs> Did she get it all? <laughs> just thought it was really funny. <laughs> Yeah, I um I agree with you both. I, I felt like this was a, an uneven se season overall for me. Like I was so excited at the beginning. I love Q. I love the campiness of Q. I love his relationship with Picard. So all of that to me. And, and that's the one thing through this whole season that I enjoyed the most was every interaction between Q and Picard. Um, all the way through to the end, because I was like, okay, what did we what did we do? Right. What did we do this season? And we essentially closed the book on Picard and Q's relationship. And so if that was the goal, then I do think that was successful. Um, I have some some nits to pick. There are things that I loved about this uh, finale, um, like finally getting to see Seven and Rafi kiss on screen. Like we've been building to it. It took us 10 episodes. I feel I was like, if they don't do it this episode. I, there will be fan letters and they will not be nice. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I would have been one of them probably. Um, but yeah, I also, um, I'm, I'm also a really big fan of Alison Pill's performance this whole season and, and her kind of relationship with the board queen. So yeah, there was like things I loved and things that I d did not love. <laughs> and so we'll just put it there. Uh, oh, I can't wait to hear the things that Mariah did love. <laughs> We'll dive into. I know normally I am just like an epicenter of positivity, but I felt well, like there was so much potential left on the table with some things. It's and okay. other things. You miss Grant, so you're bringing you're bringing some Grant. Into just a the little Grantisms in here, but I just I think there were plot lines that were put in that if they had been removed, we could have so much. We could have had a richer experience with some of these characters, and so that's that's where that's where my nits to pick fall into this. But let's see what's going on here in the chat. Some of these 
these hot frakes here. I'm going to scroll up. We have hot frake. Mister, that was a good tell that we knew it was Girardi there at the end, which I think we all had kind of figured out it was Girardi towards the end. (laughs) I just want to say um, the second that I saw the first episode in the trailers uh, and saw with this Girardi and the board queen, I thought that's, is that Agnes? And I am so glad I was right. I'm so glad that that was how that went because I thought it worked so well. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's interesting about this is that uh, there are shows that I watch where there are these big reveals and you're like, oh my goodness, I did not see that coming. For the most part, I don't think that there was anything revealed here that we didn't expect, right? Like, Everyone called it pretty early on. Uh, I think that's Girardi. Mm-hmm. And everyone said, mm, no way Rios makes it back. Right. Yeah, that was that was pretty heavily put down yeah. there. Just like, oh, there's a there's a really pretty lady and a kid. Just, <laughs> you know. I yeah, I figured that I, I like happen. unreplicated food. Um <laughs> Oh, but in the cigars. The cigars. Uh, let's see. Chippy says, loved Picard. Elnor lives. Correct. Uh, seven, Picard, accept their paths. Yes. Q learned to love. Heartbreaking and beautiful. The travelers finally make sense because they recruit the watchers. Uh, I might actually like Journey's End now. Um, yeah, I think of everything, the actual surprise me was the the, the Wesley scene. Yep. Yes. I had no, no clue. No, I, no you know, I think we talked about it. Uh, on the pod at one point, but all of us went, nah, it's not, no, they're not going to do that. And then they did. (laughs) It's just very cool. It just feels like it took them 30 years to explain and make the travelers make sense. So part of me is like, damn, that was a long time. And Mm -hmm. the other part of me is like, well, thank you for wrapping that up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. We've got King. Uh, They stuck the landing, but RIP Rios will miss him. Indeed. Pouring out for Rios, really. He's living his best life. I, I'm not sad at all. <laughs> it Project Cod. He found. Oh my god. Yeah, that was funny. I the 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 Manila folder that's so clearly late. It's just it's gold. <laughs> it's yeah. So good. I, yeah. So the all right. This is one of my nits to pick. Oh, I don't <laughs> doubt it. Absolutely. Yeah. Go for it. Is how does he know to call it Project Con because it is called Con. Khan is Khan because Khan was a leader of this big army conqueror kind of after World War III, all of this. And his name was Khan. It's not. So I'm like, are they trying to say that Khan derived his name from Project Khan? It's like that folder should have been labeled like super soldiers or like something like that because that was the experiment. But also, yeah, like I I think I would have preferred if it was like the hard drive that you put into the computer and like pulled it up. That Yeah. Because the the dude has like fully remote operational drones that can hold a UV ray boundary around his house, but keeps his master evil plan in a manila folder. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I this is one of those things. You talk about things being stuffed in there. I look at this and go, hmm, I thought it was fascinating that they dropped that con right before the new series mm-hmm. with a con in in the, in the cast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, okay, are they trying to tie in? Like, it felt a little, I don't want to say shoved in, but nudged a little bit and maybe hammered in just to make sure it fit. Um, so I was like, mm, okay, I'll let it go. Yeah. Because I like 
we'll, we'll talk about that because I like Strange New World so much. I was like, mm, I'll let it pass. Yeah, I think my thing about it was maybe just more of they wanted to lead the viewer specifically to that, less of like it would have been named this. You know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. it was more of a leading thing rather than a like. I don't know. I but yeah, I kind of have a gripe with that as well. It just seemed really funny for him to have his as as you said, right, the evil master plan. In Although the, in a folder. some of my least favorite people are Bitcoin people, and apparently you're supposed to write down your passwords to like all your Bitcoin things and not store that on an electronic device because yeah, that's because how you get all stuff of it stolen. is fake. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be pro <laughs> NFT on this podcast. It ain't happening. No, um, that that's the point. Is like that, that, yeah. that, those are our evil, exactly. our evil characters. Yeah, that's the no thank you um i will say i i don't know if y'all checked out the uh interviews for the um the ready room after for this particular episode of picard but uh they were interviewing akiva um and and he was talking essentially about like this whole the whole theme that they set out for this se- this particular season was about partnerships and finding your counterpoint. And so Q's actual counterpoint through all of his history, the person that he found and and kind of loved was Picard. And so that was that relationship. And then you have Seven and Rafi, who, while tumultuous, do find this synergy between the two of them. They then pair off uh, Wesley and Cora eventually. Uh, we also have this duality between uh, and, and partnership and relationship between Tallinn and Renee Picard. And then we have Picard and Laris, that potential there at the end. And we have Agnes and the Queen. And so it's like they've kind of given us all of these different variations of partnerships, of, of love, of acceptance. And, and, and hearing that explained, I was like, I find that so beautiful. And I was like, I feel like we could have cut all of the Soong stuff out and had a much nicer way to do all of that. Um, because it just seems like if the ultimate test for Q for Picard is I need Picard to show me that he would choose his destiny no matter what, right? Like this is the last trial for Picard is putting the key back at the end of the episode. Um then he eventually saves the galaxy. And even even to the point where like Q says, it's it doesn't always have to be about saving the galaxy, the many over one galactic importance versus one life kind of speech that Q gives at the end. But then it's still to save the whole galaxy because Q essentially was saving the entirety of the Alpha Quadrant because they needed to go back in time in order to know that that's going to be Agnes as the Borg Queen. And they couldn't have... And Agnes needed to go back to be this version of the Borg Queen to save the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you in the fact that, like, the Soong stuff just felt a little like, I mean, honestly, he would show up on, on screen and I'd have to go, oh, yeah, he is part of this. Okay. And it just felt like, hmm, like someone was sitting around and going, you know, we have access to Brent Spiner, you know, we should we should do something. What? What do you think we should do? I don't know. What do you think we should do? I don't know. But let's <laughs> let's do something. We yeah. got to have him. He's here, right? And so it felt like they found something, and it didn't quite fit. And in that same regard, you know, Corey slash Soji, like it just it it also felt like a little like a this C plot D plot that I literally would free would frequently forget. 
And then when I would expect her to show up, she wouldn't. I constantly expected her to show up when they were rummaging through his house mm-hmm. and help them. Right. And you go, oh, let I know where the password is. OK. Like I was expecting something like that. And yet, no, we we get this this scene that felt like, oh, this is a completely separate like trailer that happens at the end of the credits and explains so much about the next season. Like that's kind of what it felt like. But I did yeah, enjoy the yeah. show. I, I kind of agree with that. I I kind of thought that the Soong plotline at times felt like, oh, we're doing this again. Okay. Like it, it just sort of didn't, it, it sort of fit in in a different, different way. My whole view on it is, you know, at some point when Agnes and the board queen reached an understanding of sorts and then they went off and they weren't trying to destroy the ship anymore, you still got to have a villain to try and destroy the ship. And so it, it made sense in that way to me. And I also just, I, for some reason in my head during the whole shootout scene with the drones where he calls out to Picard, half of me wanted one of them to like turn around the corner and go, is that Brett Spiner? <laughs> like, is he back again? I just, I feel bad for poor Picard who deals with another version of, of Brent Spiner and then Brent Spiner shows up again, but more evil than the first time. And then he just gets progressively more evil as the show goes on. Um, but no, I, 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 it felt a little disjointed here and there. But honest to God, because of the rest of the season and the way that it wrapped up and the way that those partnerships worked, I don't, I don't mind it too badly. I don't mind it. It did feel a little out of place here and there, though. It did. And I, but I think that uh, Brent Spiner plays a really good uh, mean billionaire uh, piece of shit. So, <laughs> so that was enjoyable. Um, I love that he drove a Tesla. I love that he drove a Tesla. I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, but yeah, no, he. Uh, I I think that the character was cool. I think that the the whole angle with the daughter and the him being definitely Genesis was really cool. And I and I think it did speak a lot to what kind of what we deal with now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the sort of crazed scientists well not scientists necessarily but billionaires um that um you know think that they can change the world with genetics ha 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 uh and so yeah i think that it was a really cool evil guy i just think that it did feel a little disjointed here and there but honestly with everything else i don't don't care (laughs) yeah and i and i think i only wanted it's because i think i was craving more interactions between q and picard and i think a lot of those like adversarial moments i i almost wished it was Q I mean Q was like the push force right like Q was always pushing that but I was like I love the the chemistry between um Picard and Q so much that like every time they were on screen together I was like this this is what I wanted (laughs) like give me more of that I wanted more Q as well I feel like we could have had a few more scenes but at the same time I think it made sense that he wouldn't want to be there for the whole thing because he's testing him and not trying to lead him but Either way, I still wanted more screen time with mm-hmm. with Q and Picard. I definitely wanted more of that, but I do think that the the last couple of scenes were just they were lovely. Yeah. I think they ended it really well. Yeah, it was a little weird for me in that I'm used to Q popping up. Like if we think about Q, we usually get Q in episodes and not series, right? And so when we get Q in episodes, he pops up a couple times throughout the episode. So it was a little weird that we got him in the beginning and he, we didn't really see him very much, right? And so it, it it was one of those things where I remember with Discovery, we got a little bit of Tig Nataro and we were like, I need more Tig. And it was like, well, where's Tig? And it was like, well, she's got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like it made me want to look at John Delancey and look him up and go, is, is everything okay? 
Is he busy? Is he filming? Does he have some stuff going on? Because where is he? Um, because that there is a that chemistry that they have can both be annoying and engaging at the same time. Very much. So. And and we missed it. It was also like like I kind of missed Guinan a little bit. And we and the only the thing that we got was we got a different version of Guinan that did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. So we got some of that. But yeah, um, and you know. I also look back and go, this season, they did a lot in terms of correcting some of our our nitpicking of the first season. 100%. Right? Like, one thing that we, we said in season one was, where is Loris? Like, what are you doing? Like, why did you introduce her and put her on the shelf? And we got plenty of, not only did we get pl- got plenty of, and I'll put it in quotation marks, Laris, mm-hmm. but we also got the rom-com ending between Picard and her at the ending, which was just like fantastic. a little will they, won't they energy there. Yes. yes. I, I will say that I'm, I'm kind of an old school, very much uh, Picard Beverly endgame bitch, but I don't mind it. I don't mind. I don't mind Laris and Picard. It doesn't bother me that much. At first, it bothered me just because there hadn't been any of it in season one. So I was just like, "Oh, we're kissing now. Why? No." <laughs> and it didn't make any sense to me. But honestly, it's okay. I'm all right. With it. I'm okay with it. I don't. I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I will say I really enjoyed that end scene between Talon and Renee. I thought that was one of my mm. favorite scenes of the whole finale. Was that kind of. Um, moment when you see Renee and I thought the actors did an incredible job portraying that familiarity of like, Oh, I've literally been seeing you throughout my entire life come up at these kind of important moments. And we've definitely interacted, but I did not know why. And now it's this confirmation of like, Oh, I, I I have had someone watching over me and it's obvious that whatever I'm about to go do is very important. And, and I thought that was really lovely for Tallinn to get to have that closure um, because like Q said, like in every timeline, Talon dies, but this is the only one where she got to actually say and, and, and yeah. see Renee face to face and have a full conversation with her. So I thought that was really lovely. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think that Orla Brady also, um, did a phenomenal job. I think that Laris and Talon are different and it's not like a glaring difference because they're both, I mean, they're both Romulan, et cetera. But, I mean, she really did an amazing job bringing life to both of those characters separately. I just wanted to mention that because mm-hmm. I really love Talon. I loved Talon. And I love Laris as well. And I'm I'm, I'm excited to see if or where that goes. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see if that goes somewhere. If, you know, that, yeah, she's wonderful. Please come back. <laughs> yeah. And then the other um, sort of partnership that I, I definitely wanted to to touch on is Agnes and, and the Queen. Um, and I thought... Um, Alison Pill did an incredible job morphing into her own version of a board queen throughout this whole series. Um, and I know we truly only get kind of a performance from her in the this final episode, which is kind of sad, like is in the last few moments of it. Um, but I, I really enjoyed her performance all season. I, I liked that we, it's also, it's so funny to me because I, I, I know there's a lot of people online who don't like Lower Decks and don't want it to be in canon. But I was like, literally, they just did this, which solidifies the canon that Lower Decks set up that there are Borgs in Starfleet Academy in the future. 
So <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's a nice little bow to put on that. And I really loved that it then allowed us to get seven in the captain's chair. I mean, we've been waiting for so long. <laughs> so long. I yelled at my television. I genuinely went out loud. I, I think that it was really smart, honestly. And I think that so many people have wanted to see seven in Starfleet and doing Starfleet things and actually, you know, making the difference that she had wanted to make as, as a younger, uh, younger person and like seeing her be basically an ambassador to the Borg in the Federation is so sick. It's so cool. Um, and I think it was a really good way to do it as well, because otherwise I can't see a way that Starfleet would still let her in other than Picard being like, Hey, please do this just real quick. But I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was a really, really, really good way to end that particular sort of um, plot line. It was I really loved it. Down. I was all for it. But what was interesting to me was this is the Borg, mm -hmm. right? Like, this is the Borg. The Borg show up. They immediately take over a ship. Picard says, it's okay. Let him do it. And everyone in Starfleet goes, oh, okay, sure. This is Starfleet. They usually, like, captains and first officers rarely have the ability to, to, to make up their mind. And then in unison, everybody goes, well, you know, Picard said it's okay, so it must be okay. I mean, if it's rank, though, he's the admiral <laughs> on deck. You know, he's the admiral at this site. Well, I'm not just talking about that site. I'm talking about he was basically, he told all of everyone. Well, that's what I mean. Every ship has a captain, but Picard is the admiral. <laughs> yeah, but I had to think that they were getting some instruction from Starfleet Command. And like it was, it was like radio silence. It was like no one anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like was like, I, I was kind of expecting someone to go, Picard, are you sure about this? Like question it for a, a second, and we got nothing. I, I'm assuming that got that's on the the cutting room floor somewhere. But it just felt like I'm used to Starfleet testing and questioning and hesitating just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could. Yeah, I could understand that. I um, I do think it was him. I think it made sense as the character. Like, of course, Picard doesn't second guess himself in this moment because he knows it's Girardi and he knows this was why they went back and they have this impending temporal energy blast opening up another wormhole situation here. Um, so I... I like I get it from the characterization of Picard, but I, I can see what you're saying, Clyde. Like it would maybe have been nice if there was like somebody on the bridge that's just like, are you sure? Like right. <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, a, you know, an yeah. admiral coming in and going, Picard, do you know what you're doing? And trust me, yeah. like, we we've got to do like I, I was looking for about 30 seconds of, of that. And I got, you know, I was like, well. Maybe everyone trusts him. Maybe maybe I didn't see the first season the way I thought it did. And he's I missed something. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean my only I mean, I guess for me the only explanation for that would be that like they were specifically calling to him. Like mm -hmm. Agnes was specifically like, I need Picard. And if that's the case, like they're probably gonna listen to him when they you know. But 
at the same time, like, yeah, it felt a little like, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> like, I, I like, like Lisa's response here. Random dude who kept shooting definitely wasn't he sure. Was just like, that. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, very much. Yeah, he certainly wasn't. Um, I, but I think that, um, and I think the only other thing that I would have a gripe with is how long it took them to contact Starfleet that was contacting them like, hey, you yeah. good? Hey, you good? Hey, we're about to blow you up. And then he takes a minute to give Seven an official commission, and she sits down very carefully. And then, <laughs> and then finally contacts Starfleet, like, hey, yo, by the way, I'm Borg. They're Borg. I got this. Yeah. And I can't believe everyone is like, no, no. <laughs> like, we didn't let you in for the first time for a reason. I just thought that was really funny. And she, like, took her time sort of sitting mm-hmm. down, like, and just minded her business before she was like, okay, now we can heal him. You know, we'll take our time. But... I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, I think I just have a couple more things and then I definitely want to move on to Strange New Worlds because we got so much to talk about. But um, I am sad we're losing Rios and we just kind of, I appreciated that we got a little bit of like essentially a character epilogue at the bar and we got to see the picture Mm -hmm. and like everyone looks happy and great and they're doing wonderful things. But um, I thought he was such a great Star Trek character that it does make me sad. And so... I, I know there's talks of like a time travel show that I think is is been in the works. Um, and so I wonder if there's potential for him to come back in some way, but he could also just be kind of done with the with the franchise for now. I was wondering if we'd see like his, you know, descendant right that shows up and looks like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean Brent Spiner did it. So, yeah, like that's four true. times. A couple times. Like, <laughs> how many characters has Brett Spiner played in Star Trek? So many. So many. And <laughs> so then many. Um, we also are losing Allison Pill for season three, which does make me sad because, like, it, that means we're not going to really get any more of this sort of new Borg in the Federation sort of situation. Um, yeah, yeah, I wish there were more of that. And then I also know that um, Elnor is not coming back either. He posted on Instagram about that, which makes oh, me wow. sad. It makes me really sad. I feel like we get him back and it's like, yes. Oh, no, never mind. I know um, they really did a lot of slicing and dicing this ugh. season to essentially get rid of every character <laughs> from season one so that they Pretty can much. bring yeah. back the entire bridge crew for season three. So we'll see. We'll see if it was all worth it. But maybe well, we'll mean, get a seven spinoff. Yeah, but yeah, not, I, but not I, seven and Rafi. Seven and Rafi are still in it. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I I look at Allison Pill and go like seriously, we we got her for two seasons. That was that was a pretty good get, right? When you think yeah. about some of the projects that she's had and mm-hmm. and her tra- trajectory. And I mean, so. and now she's a canonical Borg queen, which is an iconic role to have Legend. in Star Trek. <laughs> love that for her and Annie yes. Wershing. Can we talk about Annie Wershing for a second? Yeah, incredible queen. job love all her. season. Yeah, seriously. Um, and then really briefly, I just wanted to say that the representation with Seven and Raffi feels real it feels honest and it feels like a sort of a labor of love in a way and i really i really loved seeing that i really loved it i cannot yeah. express how much i love that i i had some nits to pick throughout the season because i felt like we did not ever get to see them um like we skipped the relationship we essentially went from like uh there was a relationship off screen we're now in this like kind of weird murky area with them and it was a lot of just like no room for any sort of like emotional connection. I felt like throughout the season, I'm glad we finally got 
something here at the end and it was um it, it was nice to see and I appreciate it was there, but it felt like they were almost teasing us the entire time of like, this is a relationship. This isn't a relationship. They're friends, but they're lovers. Like they, like all of this stuff. And I, and I, and I, um, yeah. So I, I had a little bit of an issue with how their, their relationship was written, but I, I do appreciate where we got to at the end. So. Yeah. I felt that too. I felt like it was, it was a little, like a little bit slow, but I think probably for me, the point of that was they're going through some shit. Let's give them a minute. <laughs> like, you know, right. and, I, and I liked that in some ways, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It was a little, a little slow, but. Um, but yeah, just some new, there was some nuance that could have been added there a little bit more gay nuance. <laughs> yeah. Liked. No, this is why we need lesbians in writer's room, you know, yes. like, women who love women in writer's room. I know. Well, I was just like, I guess this is the difference when you have like Michelle paradise running discovery and you're just like, ah, yes. Authentic queer relationships. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh yes. Gay people in space versus like, maybe they'll kiss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the last episode. Yeah. It felt a little like that, but mm -hmm. whatever. I'm happy. <laughs> Um, anything else y'all wanted to chime in? I think I was, I was pleasantly surprised with the Wesley appearance. I, I think, um, that was a really nice piece of, uh, both fan service and also tying up some bows within the plot itself for the show. Um, and also tied up, you know, a classic episode as well. So I thought that was nice for the character of Wesley to get that really successful, yeah. moment. What did you think, Clyde? I, I agree. I mean, it's one of those things it's. I think of all the characters in a sci-fi nerd culture, Will Wheaton shows up more than probably anyone else, right? So it's it's not like it's not like you it's it's one of those things where you see Brent Spiner, you're like, oh look, it's Brent Spiner, right? Even Jonathan Frakes, when you actually see him, you go, oh, look, it's Frakes, right? You see Marina Siritis, you like, whoa, I haven't seen her in a minute. You see like Will Wheaton all the time. <laughs> Right. Like if he's not on a podcast or an after show, you know, he was on the big bank. Like you, if you want to see Will Wheaton, you can see him. Wesley Crusher. Correct. You haven't seen for a long time. So it was, a, it felt like a nice, like, oh, wow. I, I, let me just hold on to this moment for a little bit. This is intriguing. I might want to know more here. Right. So I, I like that. Yeah. And, and according to Akiva, some behind and, and um, Alex Kurtzman in one of the like making of kind of videos they were talking about, apparently every Trek uh, show was trying to was essentially fighting to get Will Wheaton to cameo in some way, shape or form. Um, and they finally were like, well, this makes sense. It ties up some stuff from from this it's Picard so it makes more sense for him to show up on this show but I have a feeling Lower Decks was trying to get him <laughs> involved in some way which oh, man. I also hope happens because I think that would be fun that would be great um yeah I'm on board with that for sure um, but I find that interesting all right any last thoughts about this season of Picard before we jump into strange new worlds no nope. nope. all right Okay, y'all, this uh, second half, we are talking Strange New Worlds. So if you have not watched and you do not want spoilers, spoiler alert, we're getting into it. Uh, the title of this episode is Strange New Worlds. Um, it's a teleplay by Akiva Goldsman, story by Akiva Goldsman, Alex Kurtzman, and Jenny Lumet, classic trio, and directed by Akiva as well. Really, it's the Akiva show. It's the um, Akiva Goldsman show, for sure. 
And so we get to do this uh, twice today. So let's get ready for some. Some more hot breaks. Um, Clyde, what did you think? I loved it. Um, One of the things that I really loved thematically about the show is the new track has been somewhat similar, right? It's these, when we think about Picard, when we think about Discovery in particular, and even to some extent Prodigy, Big story, overarching, huge arc, season mystery, right? Lower Decks is a little bit different. This brings us back to that episodic feel. And so when I think about this episode, we we pretty much have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that was nice. And it just, there's um there's, there's a, uh, how do I say it? It's it's got a coolness to it. So so Picard's not yeah, Picard's <laughs> not cool. Let let's be honest. There's nothing really cool about Picard and it's not about their age. It's just it lacks a certain amount of like coolness. Lower deck specifically tries not to be cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're Discover- the anti-cool kids. They're the cable. anti-cool. <laughs> Discovery has some coolness to it, right? When you, Book walks into a room, he's got some swag to him. Right. Stamus has got some he's got a little edge to him. You know what I mean? Like there's some there's some there's some coolness there. This is cool. Turned up a couple notches. Right. Like everybody in the character. I um, I immediately notice. Wow. You have a pretty much all woman bridge crew like nice. It's it's got a, a variety of. Of, of humor, of personality. Um, it just, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and I thought, wow, this is, this is something I want to sign up for. I'm curious. I want to know more. There's some, there's some threads that I feel like we haven't really fully pulled on yet. Um, so I completely kind of watched this and said, yeah, sign me up. Like give, give me more Pike Give give me more Una. Give me like I, I want some more. Um, and then to be completely honest, the dynamic between Spock and his fiance, Query, respond like hilarious. It's so like funny. just so like it just Query. This was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It just it was so different, um, yet familiar. I, I was. I just thought, wow, like, like I've literally, I was just thinking I could I, I keep walk, watching this, you know, over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited. Suzanne, do you have a hot freak? Um, I really, I really loved this premiere. I loved it. I thought it was so, it was so cool. It was really, really cool. Um, I think my, my favorite little moments, uh, one of them specifically was uh, Chapel chasing the alien through the hall and, and having that sort of, uh, meet with uh someone on twitter called it a meet awkward <laughs> um with Uhura. and i just it's so true and the little yes she does it's just i know i'm gonna love her already i already know i'm gonna love uh chapel a lot and Uhura and all of them um that's another thing is that all of the introductions to their characters felt really genuine and 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 
fun but cool and serious at times and um i thought it was great i thought that the the to praying and spock it listen i'm a lesbian so i <laughs> i see that stuff and i just go oh i don't know why i just but it is <laughs> it's supposed to be that way i mean that's the whole point it's supposed to be kind of funny and kind of awkward and kind of just very much like it's like oh you're going off again okay cool that should have been the query <laughs> very much it was really funny um and i and i loved it i, I truly um i you know i'm still very much a kirk and spock believer so i'm hey, bisexuality cannot be erased is all i'm oh 100 percent. that's a hundred percent yeah but no i uh i yeah it was it was a lot i feel from right at the beginning um and i also just loved seeing pike just like make pancakes just full depression beard going of just like i'm not doing it again <laughs> somebody coming to his door and number one's missing is all right just kidding and um yeah i really loved it i thought it was cool i thought it was you know it's got it's got the it's got the lens flare it's got the pizzazz it's definitely got um and i i like laan a lot more than i thought i would I yeah think she's interesting i'm excited to see more of her character and how she grows. I think she's really interesting. I think to, uh, that's Uhura and Laan probably are the two characters I'm the most excited to get to know more of. For sure. Yeah, I agree with both y'all. I'm really excited. I do want to start off my thing is I keep seeing everyone's just like, Trek is back. This is what we always wanted. And let me just say, y'all, uh, Discovery freaking walked strutted down that runway as the tiktok uh like little blurb would say uh strutted down that runway mama so that peppa could run it's Very so true. that we can have this show this is on the back of discovery so do not do not slander my discovery in favor of this that is what i am just saying there can be both there is room for both and I love them equally at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I still excited. I still think Discovery's at the top of the pyramid. For it's me. so good. And so like, I'm just like, y'all, here's the other thing is Strange New Worlds is not going to let you forget. You got this show because of Discovery. Because oh, what did we get? We get the shuttle Stamets. We get all the references to Spock having some emotional turmoil over his sister. We have Pike dealing with everything there. This whole episode is a spinoff of the final time we see these characters with the disco crew. So I'm just saying you can love all of this. You don't got to diss on disco while you're talking about your love for strange new world. So that, I also that's wanted to mention briefly the, about the, uh, that the outrage, the fake outrage over a character that showed up one time in the animated series being recast as a black man. It's okay. <laughs> You'll survive. Um, Sometimes that happens. It's okay. I'm just really <laughs> tired of seeing seeing the, frankly, racist uh, yeah. comments about it and seeing so many friends of mine having to deal with that and having to speak up against it. And they're so tired. Yeah. He's so, cool. He's so cool. <laughs> let's just him. be, yeah, the Admiral is a badass. Mm -hmm. I'm really He's excited badass. about him. I'm and, so excited. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. This, this whole vibe. The other thing I was going to say, and I think the reason everyone's really enjoying this is y'all horny Trek is back. Cause we, I, we got, really? we got vibes. We got vibes all over this. You got Pike Yay. with the lady in the bed. You got Spock getting engaged and having some corporeal magic happening. 
horny trek is back that's my favorite part of tos if you take out a lot of the other cringy stuff it's just the palpable energy of you are stuck in space with attractive people <laughs> oh it's so and i love it so much the thing is when i first saw pike's bed like i thought that was number one <laughs> it threw me off so bad i was like when did that happen it threw me off so quickly i i didn't i because I was like, well, isn't she missing? <laughs> I had no clue what was going on. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, no, Horny Trek is back, baby. I'm so excited. You know, it's one of those things where, not to plug the Patreon, but I'll plug the Patreon, we do a lot of watch-alongs. And so we go mm-hmm. back and we watch everything from specific episodes that, you know, if it's a reference in a show, we'll go back and watch. Oh, let's let's check this out. We will do watch-alongs where we go through a series um, and as I started participating in the watch alongs with our, our our Patreon crew, I would always go, OK, every time I tune in, it's some some horny Trek episode. What's, <laughs> what's wrong with you guys? And the answer is, no, that's just Trek. Like yeah. horny Trek is like all of Trek. <laughs> but I think when you look at disco, we didn't get a lot of horny Trek in disco. We didn't get a whole lot of a horny Trek in Picard, though. Let me tell you, I'm OK with with some geriatric. Uh, horniness Romance. it's okay yeah yes. get it it's important um but this is like immediately episode one right like i mean spock and to are in mid enthrall when they get a phone ring and yeah. like 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 it's the whole thing and so uh yeah Horny Trek opened, is back. yeah i was like it opens with beardy pike who has like his his uh his friends with benefits over for pancakes and more yes. um making pancakes beautiful pancakes good looking pancakes and i'm so excited for anson mount because i feel like he really embodies so much of pike because i was just like this is a man who already knew how to ride a horse you didn't have to teach this man how to ride a horse for this scene um, and so I, I enjoy the visuals. I think it looks great. Um, I think the ship looks great. I think the crew looks great. The uniforms look great. I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I did want to, uh, so the, the plot, I think it was smart. I think they chose an interesting sort of world to introduce us to all of these characters in full, right? So we get essentially a parallel to Earth currently. Is, is where they're going and they're like, oh, poor, let's pat you on the head. <laughs> You're not there yet, but we're going to try to help you see the ways. And I think we get um, one of the, I, I think what will eventually be kind of like an iconic captain speech from Pike. I think Pike truly delivers on all of those levels that you want to see from a Star Trek captain, right? We've got the humor, we've got the flaws, we've got... Um, the ability to lead we've got charisma and uh, horse riding um but then we also have this ability to inspire right and break the rules you gotta break break the rules if you're gonna be a star a star trek captain 100 percent um yeah so i i uh what did y'all think of the the sort of core plot of this particular episode being the civilization that essentially which i also thought was nice to say is like we made the mistake we caused this issue as the smarter, more advanced beings, right? And now we have to help fix the problem. Well, I think to your point, Mariah, this show, at least in the the first episode, has said, we are a Discovery spinoff. We're owning it, right? We're going to truly own this. And, and so it's one of those things where you don't quite get it 
if you didn't see the final episode of discovery um for that particular season like once you see it there are elements here that you just kind of get you understand um and so for them to say hey the idea of we did this thing that was so noble they didn't wrap it up and go oh well we did it and everything's fine they said even what we did to save everyone has consequences. Ha- has consequences and now they're looking going okay and, and this is a grave consequence this has never happened before and it's up to us to stand in and to fix it even if it's at even if we have to break the rules or it's at a cost yep yep um yeah i thought the alien civilization was really cool i really enjoyed the makeup and the face transformation i thought the um the biohacking with nurse chapel was a fun way to get introduced to our medical team while also getting to know our new kind of security officers and kind of reintroduce our captain and spock to us right um and i really enjoy uh Khan, um, I know yeah. she she got officer saying um, and and kind of getting a glimmer before we get her whole backstory with the Gorns kind of up top. She's someone who, although then I did think it was funny that she's like, I want no sedation, but I'm going to knock these two dudes out on this planet and then we're going to sedate them and put them up on the ship. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100 percent. She 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 gets things done. I'll give her that. Um, and I and I love the the banter between her and Spock a lot. Um, it just here and there. I, I think it's it's very much like they're very much they foil each other a little bit here and there. And I think it's I think it's really great. Um, but yeah, she's I, I'm really interested in her character, and I'm interested in in how how she evolves as a character, and and whether or not I will like her as much later. You know, kind of gives that full. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing that's interesting is that she embodies much more of a wharf Tasha Yar mm-hmm. kind of archetype, which I feel like we haven't had in a long time. Right? Like it just it I don't know that we've had real a real security officer on Discovery, right? Someone mm-hmm. who 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 plays the very you know, Torres-ish, you know, yes, like yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, and we just haven't had that 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 someone who's got a little bit of like edge to them. You you need to pull them back sometimes, but you need them. Like so so it's it I think it's something I've missed. And so to see her embody this character um is exciting and she's doing a great job. Yeah, and I um Oh yeah, that's a good point, Puds thirty eight. Mm-hmm. We had non briefly. I agree. I think there's some similarities between those two characters. And and if you recall, Mariah, I immediately was upset because I was like, I need more non. Yeah. And that's why, right? Because I felt like we were missing something. Um, and and the fact that we've got um Lon is I think it's gonna be great. I think she's gonna be a, a great piece of that chemistry. Yeah, and I know, um, I, I think a lot of folks are excited because this is going to be episodic, but they've definitely talked a lot about how, like, the emotional repercussions are still going to carry through the season, right? Like, we're not going to have this big kind of overarching um, story that we're going to sort of see play out season long. We're going to have stories each episode, but the there will be emotional consequences for all of our characters, which I think is sort of like a, a modernized version of an episodic, right? Because we are seeing... Pike dealing with these visions of what he's seen of his future. We have Spock dealing with the loss of his sister. We have 
um, Officer Sang, who's going to kind of deal with her past with the Gorns and, and the loss of her family. Um, and I think we'll get to see that because I know Akiva talked about in an interview how like in the original series, you know, you'd have Kirk who'd watch someone he loved die and he would have to be over it by the next episode. Right. Like, so I think they're going to try to carry some emotional growth um, for all of these characters. You know, Mariah, when, when you talk about emotional growth, I think one thing that's interesting that we get with Spock and Topring is we we don't always see the tension between a Starfleet officer and their loved ones, mm-hmm. right? Like we see, sometimes we get to see what it's like for a parent, right? Or mm-hmm. someone you've left back. But like this, this whole idea that for the most part, when we think about enterprise as a whole, you've got a bunch of people who may or may not have some loved one back there, but they don't really talk about them. We don't really see them. Like it's just, oh yeah, I've got shore leave. I'll go see them. We see from Tapring's standpoint, like the frustration, Right. And I'm I'm curious if we're going to get more of that, because she clearly seems irritated from day one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, we, yeah, I mean, Spock's fairly private. We we get glimmers of mm-hmm. Spock's personal life um, throughout the series. And and so I'm not sure how long the relationship is. I will say on on IMDb, the actress who plays um, to bring is slated for 10 episodes this season. So I think we get to see a lot of her. Um which their chemistry was great. So I'm not mad at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's going to be great. I did. I will say the one I, I always got to have a nit to pick. Um, the one thing I I have some, some feelings about, and I I'm um, trying to get, um, I think we'll have a, another guest host come in uh, who does a lot of um, talks about like the representation of disabilities in Star Trek, because I find it interesting that, Pike is essentially like I the person who I am today dies and he's essentially counted that as his like full death but if you've seen the glass menagerie you know that he essentially finds a way to use the technology of today to continue to live a fairly fulfilled life after the accident um, in a different way and I feel like that piece of the puzzle while he does not know that yet feels a little it, it just gives me like a pause to like think about how it's being represented of this idea of like, oh, if you are disabled, your quote unquote life is over, which is not true. And so yeah. I think it's about like the value that we put in society, both in this one that is kind of beyond capitalism, but it's like we're going to comment on now, right, which is what Star Trek does. And and they've obviously said we don't need capitalism in the future. So I would hope that a tenant of that would be that we treat our our community members who are disabled better um and we've seen some of that play out with characters like Jordy, right who live very fulfilled lives and have access to things in order for them to um live their best lives so anyway i think it's it's pretty interesting i would i would agree with that i i would i i think that i think that's the thing that kind of stood out to me a little bit it's like he's not dead he's just disabled it was very much a sort of a huh okay, let's see how that goes kind of moment. Um, and I'm, I don't, I'm hopeful that it's not going to be the worst case scenario there. Um, but yeah, it, it did read very much that way. And I, and I, I kind of hope it doesn't go where I hope well, it's, where I, hope I, I, I guess my thought was, does he know that right to right. him? Like, cause, cause from his standpoint, 
he he looks and goes, I saw my death, right? And and he's in this point where he I think there's a path here where he comes to to terms with the idea of wait, that that wasn't my death. That was more of the accident. Mm-hmm. There is there is life to live, and so we see some growth in him. But to him, all he knows like he he doesn't know he's not dead. He doesn't know that he's disabled. To him, he's he well. He does see himself in the chair, so yeah, he does know that he's disabled. Because yeah, I I think that it would have better served his growth and the opportunities. I think if he had only seen the accident, like, mm. right. But this would be going back to like altering what he saw at the, at the crystal caves and discovery. So it's like mm. asking for a lot, but <laughs> it would be like, if he just saw the accident. Right. But, um, cause the crystals just show you your future and that's how it's locked in. Um, but it's not your death. So I think, um, he did see his future and he's decided that it is a fate of death. Uh, and I don't think it has to be viewed as a fate of death anymore, especially in 2255 or whatever year they're in. <laughs> yeah. Should be very interesting. Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping they explore it in like a more interesting way is, is essentially my only thing. Cause right now he's just staring at his reflection and seeing that face staring back at him a lot, which I hope we don't see too much over and over again. Cause I think that will get old pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's coming to terms with the fact that he, you know, won't be mixing pancakes with the, the half naked woman in his bed in, in the future. It's like, that's a lot to, to pike. That's gotta be a lot to deal with. That's come <laughs> that to big transition. Big transition. He's like, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be just somebody. You know, I'm be buying pancakes and eating them by myself in a chair. But that's the thing, though, is like if he actually saw his full future and he sees what happens in the glass menagerie, he'd realize he does still get to have the woman in the pancakes. (laughs) Yeah, he just he can't quite get over that hump yet. That's all. He'll he'll get there, but I'm confident that he's gonna get there and he's gonna see. There's gonna be many more pancakes. In the future, many more women. He's lots gonna be okay. Lots more pancakes and lots more women. That's yeah, the dream, if you will. Oh my god, horny trek. Horny trek. <laughs> like, someone has to have put like sent Kirk on his way. It's Pike. Oh, I was gonna ask. We get Sam Pike or Sam uh, <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> Wrong captain. Sam Kirk um, here at the end, and I know they've cast someone to play James T. Kirk. Uh, for next season, so oh, I think we'll get, yep. we'll get a cadet of some kind or an early early Kirk that we know, uh, which is fun. But I I have to say the mustache. I was like, that's a Kirk. <laughs> oh, right. I, oh, that was so cool. I thought that was a fantastic head nod, middle finger, whatever you want to call it. That was. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Like I literally thought it was one of the funniest things I've seen in track where they set us up and said, Oh, I know you wanted a, you know, Kirk. And I could feel the fan base go. <gasps> and then they just said, ha ha. Gotcha. His brother. <laughs> Psych. That was, oh, was hilarious. Wonderful. I was, I loved it. I, like, even I was like, that was, that was good. That was really good. That was fantastic well played sir well played very well done i i loved that i also just um i love that because i thought that i mean in my head i was like wait no he's not until season two did they lie (laughs) have i been lied to oh it was awesome it was such a good it was a very good sort of gotcha moment um i liked it a lot i liked it a lot um i also wanted to mention briefly this is a little off topic but i wanted to mention uh that i love seeing 
um, and I hope I'm pronouncing uh, their name correctly, Celia Gooding, um, be so excited about Stranger Worlds, so excited about being a part of the universe and, and, and so many other actors that are in it as well, just tweeting about it constantly and, and, and being a family. And it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see that. For sure. I'm really excited about Celia's performance as Ahura because I know that um, Celia has talked about how they now have the opportunity to like they've seen the fully realized confident version of Ahura and like you have to build to that. And so it's like, oh, what are the building blocks to get this person to that future? Um, and I like that we already get a little bit of a nod of like, oh, the prodigy, you know, like we're already seeing and uh, the sort of... Um, the reputation that comes to Ahura and, and getting to see that be fulfilled. So I'm really excited for Celia's performance. Uh, and I'm also so excited we get Nurse Chapel. And like you said, Suzanne, I think that little interaction between Ahura and Chapel, I was like, they're going to be so fun to watch together. I'm really excited about it. I and I think er um, Erica Ortegas is also such a great pilot character. And I'm already obsessed. <laughs> she's, she's crazy funny. Yeah, that little it's welcome to the Enterprise moment mm -hmm. with yeah. them in the back. It was wonderful. I'm so excited to see how these characters interact because I, I hope that we'll see not exactly the same family dynamic that we saw in Discovery because I feel like Discovery is very much one of those Trek shows that focuses on that overarching like emotional theme of like, we're a family, this is how that family builds. But I think that that can happen within this Mm -hmm. type of show in a really really fun way and i think it's already happening and i'm so excited to see where it goes i'm so excited to keep watching yeah, yeah there's there's a it's interesting to me because i felt like in for the most part in shows like tng and voyager and even ds9 generationally everybody was kind of the same age for the most part right you get captain might be a little older and then in Discovery, it felt like, well, now everybody's young, right? Like, it's, it's felt like everybody was like, you've got really bright people, but again, they're kind of the same age, but they're all fairly young. And then you've got a couple people who sit outside that. This is interesting because it feels like you've got, you've got a group of people who seem kind of young, early career. You've got a group of people who seem kind of more established. And their interplay is really interesting. So it feels to me, I always look at these as, is this a workplace drama, right? Is this, is this a workplace action drama comedy? And in the, and in the workplaces that I've been, you do have this, this tongue in cheek interplay between, be, between the generations. And so when I see someone like Ortegas, when I see someone like Nurse, Nurse Chapel, and how they relate to like the doctor, to Pike, to Una, right? Those are the things I'm like, this is, this is gonna be fun. Like there's gonna be, th this is gonna feel like a community, maybe not like a family, you know, but a community for sure. And that's exciting. Um, and it, it's funny, cause as I was saying earlier about like, there'll, there'll be many more women for Pike. Like I did notice that when they were kind of dressed up, there was a woman kind of in the elevator kind of, Mm -hmm. I and him and so yeah, you know I was like it even so as an alien series. he's getting it. <laughs> yep. It felt so much like the original series, but not in a like sexist way. Yeah. More of just like this is Trek. Trek is horny. 
get over it. Well, um, it's just like, it's charisma. I was like, if we want yeah. to use a different word, right? Like this is definitely a cast that has like some sweat. Like you were saying, Clyde, like this is a cool show. There's some swagger. It's a young show. Like we kind of get this, like you were saying, Clyde, an interesting generational divide. Like it feels like we have Pike and Dr. Mbega as sort of these like older, more experienced folks. And then we have like, Una, number one, is like this sort of middle person as far as career-wise. And then everyone else is are like younger rock stars of what they do, right? Because they've ended up on the Enterprise. They've ended up on this ship. But the, the other thing that's exciting is this is really our first this is the first enterprise. <laughs> like They're setting the stage for the enterprises of the future and making this the flagship <laughs> enterprise, um, which is is really cool. And, and I, I appreciate that one, it is so like, it, it looks like the world that we live in, right? As far as um, the diversity of the cast, there's also like a lot of uh, more women on um, the bridge, which I also love. And there's like fun little nods that they've made. So like uh, Erica Ortegas, in the original pilot, there's a Jose Ortegas. And so there's been like just little subtle changes, I think, to make this feel one, like it was made, it's it's a show being made in 2022 and not a show being made in the 1960s, right? Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some fun little shouts. Like we get, there's like the USS um, King Jr. There are um, the USS or the Stamets thing. There was like, I heard like on the radio something about a Yelkin and I was like, they love dropping these little peppered in little references for you, you know? <laughs> didn't I hear, didn't I hear Archer as well? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was wondering if I had missed that, but no. I mean, that I was love the that so much. the Archer was a ship that Una was leading, mm -hmm. and was adrift in space. The Archer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm super excited for this whole cast. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And um, the other thing that is exciting to me is we really don't have a lot of like. Um, I mean, similar to sort of discovery at the onset, I think, except for Doug Jones and Michelle Yeoh, as far as like recognizable names attached to the show, like even uh, Sonequa Martin-Green while coming from The Walking Dead wasn't like a, I would say a household name at that point. And I feel like we're also getting that here where it's, I think Rebecca Romaine is the biggest household name on this entire cast. Bigger than Handsome Mount? Yeah, I think at this point. Ethan historic Peck. historically i i mean from trek community right. i would put all three of them at that level but rebecca romaine has had an incredible career <laughs> she, she did but i feel like it peaked and then kind of like she's Girl. been well that's know, just, just like being a woman in hollywood yeah x-men femme fatale like i mean come on. like like she'll she'll always enact like x-men she's she's right. always going to be the one like but I'm just saying for like, if you go to the known fours of some of these true. actors, like oh, yeah. Anson Mount is crossroads and in her shoes in Star Trek. Fair. So yeah, she's, I, I would agree with that. She is the, she, she she's is the box office name, you know? Yeah. If, sure. if you were doing a call sheet, you yeah. would probably technically call her first. Until you the probably, show. Yes. Until the <laughs> show. Now you're, you're calling Anson, but you, I mean, yeah, she. That's she's fair. number yeah. one for a reason. <laughs> oh yeah, she's so cool. I yeah, and I and I'm 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 really excited to get to know 
her character more and that number one has a name um you know and and she's i'm i'm excited to see her character grow as well i also wanted to mention briefly just from an artist standpoint how visually stunning it is it's beautiful the costumes i love the bringing back the old uniform for admiral april i love um the the domes just with the forests were just so beautifully done and and the you know there's there's lens flare it's star trek i ain't mad um and it's 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 really visually stunning i genuinely thought at the beginning when we got trailers and things like that that i would be upset with the overall aesthetic change of the enterprise i'm not at all it it did not bother me <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think anyone wants to go back to the 90s or 60s no. versions of any of this like it would a select it, few <laughs> but like why like we have the technology this I is know. what the, i always think about like the reason it didn't look like then like this then is because we just literally did not have the technology it's like y'all projection value changes as things as as time goes on <laughs> right not everything has to fit into this perfect canon world that, that you set up i just i think it's silly to to gripe about that too much but i i thought that the all the sort of white sterile thing would would bother me it really doesn't i it's beautiful i think it fits very well with all of the the, the palettes and, and and everything um and it's just visually stunning and i'm really excited for it yeah, I see some people talking about the Stamets thing. So Stamets, I think even the he was a, a very well known scientist prior to that. And also, yeah, was like won awards for ending the Klingon war. So I think, you know, the the secret of discovery is what happened to the ship. It's not that those people didn't exist at all. So that's always interesting. And, and I think as far as their everyone's <laughs> concerned, the ship died, like everyone in the ship yeah. died. So in that case, you would more than likely name shuttles, ships, libraries mm -hmm. for people who did significant work on that ship. The other thing is uh, there is an actual scientist named Stamets who studied Paul Stamets. Yeah. yeah, Paul Stamets is a real scientist. So it could also <laughs> just be a reference to that mycologist, not our mm -hmm. mycologist. So. I, I literally was watching something like this week and he popped up. And how, it was like completely random, and I was just like, "What? That's so yeah. weird." And I yeah, know, I was like, "Okay." Well, y'all, any final thoughts about this premiere of Strange New Worlds? What are you hoping for for this season? Any? I, I don't feel like this is a show you can t you can really have like wild fan theories about because I don't think we'll have like a puzzle box type of thing to solve. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. And there is something refreshing about that. There's something refreshing about not constantly racking my brain about like, oh, what's, you know, what's happening with this or what's happening with that? Because it is episodic. It's mm -hmm. a new adventure every week and, and there might be consequences, but it's not so much of like, I have to watch this to understand this, et cetera. Um, and so it, that's nice. There's a little less pressure, I feel like, as a mm -hmm. fan, because I'm just constantly like reading into fan theories. Um, I am excited to see, I think for the most part, I'm excited to see uh, how, I'm excited to get to know Uhura in a different way and who she was rather than who we know her as. And then I also am excited to get to see um, Chapel and Uhura interact and Chapel in general, because I already love her. I already relate to her and love her. And like, I, I just think she's not necessarily awkward, but bubbly and kind of down for the, you know, down for any assignment, whatever. Um, and running through the hallways with a pipe of spray <laughs> trying to, you know, I just think this, I think she's really great. Um, and I think I'm also really excited for the makeup 
and the special effects. I'm really excited to see visually how this show is similar to Disco and other modern treks and is different from it and how, how that uh, world building happens. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, anytime you have something that's a prequel, you're starting to ask yourself, well, what is it that I want to know about related to something that I already know? Um, and so there's less of that for me because we had Disco. Um, I'm, I, there's some things that I am genuinely curious about. And Suzanne, to your point, when I think about Uhura, like we know Uhura in, you know, a small scale in terms of the original series. Then when it comes to the Kelvin verse, we know her with this relationship with Spock. It really feels like we're about to get to know Uhura as her own character that is tremendously exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and so to see her as this individual who, and, and the fact that they brought us to her as an early, as an early character. So we get to live with this character as they grow and become a true individual is super exciting for the, for me and for the franchise. Right. So uh -huh. I, that, that I think is cool. I'm excited about the aliens, right? What aliens do we get to see? What cultures do we get to see? Are there new ones? Um, like they've already peppered us with the Gorn, right? And I feel like we we rarely, if ever, really got to experience the Gorn, right? Well, I've, I've played some Star Trek video games, so I, I kind of see some stuff. But um, that'll be exciting. I, I have to think that we're going to see something um, because they've mentioned them in a fairly prominent way. Mm -hmm. Um. Like you, you just don't like that'd be like dropping the Borg and we never seeing the Borg. Like, like Agreed. in relation to Seven's background, like oh no, like you're gonna see it. Um, so I'm excited. I don't know when it might not even be this season, but it'll be interesting to see. And then for me, Mariah, you know, I'm about my spaceships. So at some point, we're gonna get an epic space battle. Um, so sign me up for that an enterprise space battle and like you guys were just saying with the technology available to us now that mm -hmm. we didn't have then um i cannot wait to see what that's about so yeah i'm excited yeah i think uh i think ortegas is going to pilot us through some really fantastic space battles if if the previews alone give us any glimmer of what that's going to be like this season <laughs> You know, and I think that's one thing that I always dig about Trek is there's somebody in that con seat who is a world-class pilot mm -hmm. and she, she, she looks like she's got more swag and capability than like a, a Tom Paris Oh yeah, or, or anybody <laughs> who's come before her. Like I would say, I, I would love to see like her and Detmer really like fighter pilot dog it, like your top gun style it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, the best. I, mean, I really love both of those characters. I feel like I feel like Detmer is underrated sometimes to me. I think she's wonderful. I love Mike. seeing strong women pilots. She is not underrated by Mike at all, ever. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's yeah good she, to know. She, okay, she, good. Because beloved in this house, yes. yes. Good. good. <laughs> beloved in the house of Disco. She, she got more mentions than she had lines in the first season. So Cool. I love it here. Sign me up. <laughs> Let's go all the That's time. Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, I think that is it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. You get an extra long episode um, over an hour, which is definitely over our huge, but we will be back next week to talk more strange new worlds, all of the riches of Trek. And I know I think after this we get lower decks, so it's just going to keep on coming. 
very exciting. And I know we have some prodigy down the line too. Uh, Suzanne, where can people follow you on the internet? Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Captain Janeway. The first A is an X. I am desperately trying to figure out how to change my username right now. <laughs> but that's where you can follow me on Twitter. Um, you can follow my uh, the podcast at, uh, at Beyond Trek Pod on um, Twitter and Beyond Trek Productions on YouTube. Um, we post weekly, usually. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Clyde, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Clyde Haynes on Twitter. Um, it's probably the best way to find me. Um, and if you're into ending sappy NBC dramas, you can check me out at uh, uh, This Is Us Pod um, as well. Awesome. And you can find me. I'm at Mariah Gossett. Thank you all for tuning in. I also just wanted to uh, shout out to the patrons for um, chatting about the Being Trans show that I worked on for Lemonada. I've seen y'all chatting about that and I really appreciate all of the feedback and love that y'all have been giving. If you can, um, not to like super promo, but we got a bunch of people who are uh, transphobic and hate trans people in the ratings for that show. So if you want to go leave us a review on Apple podcast and help us with the one star reviews they've been leaving us, that would be great. Um, that's being trans from Lemonada Media. Um, I've been retweeting it. So you can find that at Mariah Gossett. That would be great. And we will be back next week. Visit us at StarTrekPod.co for all of the links, all the things, all the social media. Shouts to Karen, who helps us run our Twitter. We appreciate you so much. And until next time, y'all, live long and prosper. Bye.